Hi guys, it's Francis. I'm currently on leave, so I've pulled together some of the best episodes from the archives that you might have missed. This episode was originally released in September 2020 and is one of my favourite inspirational stories. We're all different and in different situations. But sometimes when you hear what another normal person managed to do, it makes the possibility of our own changes feel more real. So have a listen and enjoy. News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Welcome to Cooking the Books. I'm Francis Cook. There are all sorts of good reasons to want more cash on the side, especially these days. You might have had your pay reduced, you're working towards a big goal that needs more cash, you want to boost your savings account, or you just want more money to ease life's stresses. In situations like these, a side hustle can be a great idea. The problem is, when you try to look up which ones could work for you, you'll often be swamped by ideas from overseas that just aren't available here. But that's okay. I found us an expert. She side-hustled her way to paying off $94,000 of debt. News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook. I'm joined now by Tracy Hemingway, also known as the Debt-Free Diva. Now, at one point, of course, there is a reason for this name. At one point, you had $94,000 of consumer debt. What led to that situation and what did it feel like being in a bit of a hole yeah um so when i was 18 i was presented with the opportunity to own my own business um i'm not the kind of person that would say no so i jumped in off i went um unfortunately i did not have a lot of support also a lot of knowledge i was not that financially savvy so i kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing Six years later, um, unfortunately, I had more debt than income um, and we the company had to go into liquidation. However, because I had personally uh, guaranteed all the debt, I was then stuck with the $94,000 to pay mm-hmm. back. So it was, um, in terms of feeling overwhelming is <laughs> the best word I can use to describe it. Um, yeah, at the time it was really hard. Now I look back on it and I actually wouldn't change anything because it's taught me so much. Maybe I'd, I'd reduce, reduce the amount a bit. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how I ended up in that situation. Basically I was really young, uh, made some really terrible decisions. I didn't reach out for help when I needed to, basically. I thought I could do it by myself. Um, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, it's difficult that, isn't it? Because, I mean, you would think that you are doing the right thing. You are starting a business. You are being someone who is working hard, trying to set yourself up. You're going for it. It's not like you blew it on a holiday or a couch or something like that. You thought you were doing the right thing, and it is very easy for that to go wrong, like you say, when you try to do it all by yourself. Now, am I right? You managed to pay that off in three years, which I find stunning. How did you do that? Um, Yes. So it was three years. Um, How did I do that? Uh, A lot of hard work, a lot of grit, (laughs) determination, many, many tears. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I made a plan. So I decided it's time to become financially savvy. Well, I I had to. I had to do, I mean, I didn't want to go bankrupt. Bankruptcy 
the long-term ramifications of bankruptcy wasn't something I wanted to go down the track of. So I had to pay back. So the first thing I did was I went to the library, got out some books on how to pay off debt. (laughs) Um, And I just started learning all the tips and tricks and a frugal lifestyle, super frugal lifestyle. Uh, I gave up a lot of luxuries, a lot of things that I thought I needed. Uh, They all went... um, yeah, it was hard work. Then, of course, obviously reducing all your expenses. I also, uh, when I got myself a sales job, that meant I could earn commission. And then on top of that, I side hustled. So I was always working. I was always doing something. Um, I had fun as well. I still do. So it was factored that into the budget. But yeah, I definitely worked a lot. That's one thing that I think is so important to mention because um, we talk a lot about frugality and cutting costs and, and all of that is is important. Do not get me wrong. Um, it is directly within your control. You can change that today. But the idea of earning more and opening yourself up to opportunities to earn more, while it is sometimes not as directly in your control, you do need someone to hire you or whatever. Um, There is still so much you can do there. Once you increase how much you're earning, it makes life much easier. So when you started looking at side hustles, what were the options? (laughs) Um, So obviously as soon as you type into Google ways to earn extra money, the first thing that comes up is every survey website you have ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, Uh, I'm sure everybody listening that has ever done this will be nodding their heads right now. Um, So obviously I started answering surveys um, and then I thought, oh God, there's got to be a faster way uh, to do this. So I started looking at, I, I call it gaps in the market, but it wasn't really gaps. It was just finding what was hot right now. Um, So I started I became an Uber Eats delivery driver as soon as that got released in Hamilton. Uh, Lime scooter juicer as soon as that got released. Um, What else have I done? I face painting for kids' birthdays. I did some bookkeeping work. I signed up to Upwork, so I've gotten a profile on that for virtual assistant work. Um, I hosted some speed dating events. I, you literally name it, I've probably done it. Like babysitting, nanny work, house sitting, pet sitting, all of the things. You just look for what consumers would want. That's really interesting. So it was a lot of those um, gap in the market, no matter which type of market, you sort of went for anything that was open to casual work. Is that a fair summation? Yes. Yeah, pretty much um, anything casual. I, some of the jobs were definitely not a good return on investment, but it gave me experience. And it's like, cool, well, I've tried that now. I won't do that again. And then some of them were really fun, like dog walking. I got to hang out with a bunch of dogs and just take them for a walk and play ball and got paid for it. That was amazing. Yeah, that sounds like the dream. I've always said, I want a dog just to take it for walks. I don't actually want a dog. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I should be a dog walker in my spare time. Uh, it's really interesting that because when you say the um, the return on investment, because it's it's easy to say I want to do a side hustle and I want to earn more money. There is a certain amount of investment in any of these, whether it's advertising your services, whether it's getting to know the ropes, getting to learn some new tech. Um, 
So let's start with the success stories. Which were the ones that were a decent return on investment for you that you would do again? Um, and what, what sort of investment of your time did you need to put in versus what you got back out? Right. So at the moment I have six side hustles that I still do, even though I'm debt free. Um, so one of them is Uber Eats delivery. There, there has been common argument about this, but for me, it's a perfect return on investment. So I, I drive a very small car, I drive a Suzuki Swift. So it costs next to nothing to run. Um, the great thing about Uber Eats is you just turn the app on when you have free time. So you don't have to say upfront that I'm going to work from five to nine on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you literally, okay, I've got an hour of spare time, turn the app on and you either accept rides or you don't. So that's a really good one. It brings me, um, for those that follow my Instagram, it can bring anywhere between a hundred to $300 extra a week. And that's for like three, four nights work basically. And then I uh, listen to podcasts like this one while I'm driving around town delivering people's food. <laughs> this is actually, this is what I love. I always say that I got into podcasts when I was getting about and walking to and from things. It's, it's the perfect filler, isn't it? Yeah. So that's, that's actually a really good, strong side income. I mean, some people will be happy with that as part-time work, frankly. Um, what about though, um, the ones that didn't work out, was there any that were just a total dud for you? Uh, yes. Pamphlet delivery for, mm. <laughs> um, I had to do, I think it was crazy, like 4,000 pamphlets. And I worked it out that it was $8 an hour um, based on the area that I was walking. And it was great because, you know, I was getting an exercise, but I had to do eight, like 4,000 in this amount of time. So that mm. wasn't the best return on investment. The other one uh, is mystery shopping. So I love mystery shopping, but because of the secondary tax rates, it just wasn't, I was getting taxed something ridiculous, like 55% once the student loan was coming out. So for how long it took to write the reports and everything, it wasn't, I could have done four or five Uber Eats trips and got paid twice as much. So yeah, right. Okay. So that must have been a little while ago you were trying that because they've, um, this year, I think they changed the secondary tax rates, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I haven't done mystery shopping in about a year now. Okay. So when you're looking at, cause you say you've still got six side hustles now, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, so you must be keeping an eye on things, even if you develop, um, favorites over time, I'm sure you still keep an eye out for anything new and good. How would you recommend people assess figuring out what's good for them and what are possible good opportunities for their lifestyle? How do you filter through them? Um, it, it's all about time investment. So return on your time. So for example, surveys. So I still answer surveys. I know they take forever. Um, but for me, I would prefer to be doing something with the gap fillers. So I'll say if I went to the doctor's office, I'll answer a survey in that time that I'm waiting to go see the doctor. For some people, they don't have, they aren't time rich. So sometimes they have to take any opportunity they can within their time frame, regardless of what the return is going to be. Mm -hmm. So you just have, when, when I sit down and look at a new side hustle opportunity, so the perfect example was blue couriers. So that popped up, 
recently, just after when I think when we hit level three and it, it came up. So I did some research into like how much you get paid per parcel, how you sign up, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it worked out at $32 an hour, I think. But the fact was at level three, I still wasn't really leaving home to go to work or anything like that. So the time because I, I had all this extra travel time that I wasn't doing, mm. I had the extra time to invest in doing the courier driving and it got me out of the house. Otherwise I was going to go crazy. <laughs> I think we all felt that it was yeah. a little that way after the first lockdown ended. I'm absolutely thinking of poor old Aucklanders at the moment, still oh. dealing with that and finally getting a bit of freedom. Um, so you say that you're, you know, you're debt free now, which is incredible. Congratulations. Um, that must have felt amazing. Um, and yet you're still side hustling and you do have a job as well. So what's the attraction in that lifestyle for you now, even after you've relieved the debt burden? Um, financial independence. So I definitely want to retire early, same as a lot of people. Um, but I'm a very goal-driven person. So debt-free, yep, awesome. Now we're on to the next goal. And how am I going to achieve that? The thing now with side hustles is I'm much more selective with the ones that I choose. Whereas at the time, because of how high the interest was on the debt that I was paying off, even $10 was going to help. Every little cent was going to help. Whereas now I'm just a bit more selective about the time investment and what I'm going to get out of it. I can understand that. And because that is one of the big questions that people ask, because you sometimes see things like um, the lime juicing. Um, you, it, it can look on paper, at least like it is quite a bit of effort for not always that much money. Mm. So is it worth it when you're doing these sorts of things? <laughs> I love that phrase. Is it worth it? <laughs> I get asked it all the time. <laughs> Um, well, it depends. Once again, it, it really, so for me, lime juicing is worth it because when the alarm goes off at 5.30, I have to get out of bed and go deliver the limes back on the street. So the financial return on investment, maybe not the best, but it gets me moving at 5.30 in the morning. So I'm ready to start my day as opposed to spending an extra half an hour in bed procrastinating. Scrolling Instagram or, yeah. you know, that's how I usually start my day. It's bloody terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and of course you are chasing financial independence. So are you putting the extra cash now into investments and things like that? I'm saving for a house. Oh, so, yes. Um, so I have got your, you know, typical investments, a KiwiSaver, a Sharesies and a Notice Saver. So I put 10% of all my side hustles into investments, but the rest of the cash that isn't tax um, goes towards my house savings at the moment. That's exciting. Do you have a timeline um, in mind for when you're hoping to hit that deposit goal? Uh, by the end of next year, I want to, next Christmas, I will want to be in my own house. That is so exciting. I really, really hope that happens for you. Um, the other tricky question, of course, is tax because I know it's side income, but sometimes people can get caught out on this, that they think of it as extra money and they forget that all of the usual rules apply. The taxman wants his share and you really don't want to upset the IRD. That's not a fight you're going to win. So what do you do for that? How do you handle the tax side of things? So every... 
every time I get paid from every any of my side hustles, I put money aside for tax. So I put 30% aside. Doesn't matter what I'm getting paid or what side hustle, 30% goes aside. And then after the end of the tax year, I do all my taxes, um, you know, because you can also claim a bunch of expenses. So like my car, my petrol portion of um, electricity and your rent. Um, so once all that's done and I've paid the tax man his bit, it's like having an extra little $500 or whatever that I get to keep afterwards. So the tax money is always there. Otherwise what happens is you spend all the money on what whatever you need your side hustle for and then you get to tax and you've got this debt again. So, yeah, it's just much better to have it in a savings account that you can't touch until March, end of March next year. Yeah. And do you do that all yourself? Is it at all complicated? Uh, yes. Uh, so I do do it myself. It is slightly complicated. Um, but there's some amazing blogs and bloggers that you can reach out to. So I have a friend that's an accountant who does, uh, he's actually done a blog on side hustle taxes. Um, so that's, that's how I figure out my tax, but it's relatively easy. You've just got to go through, figure out your income. So the thing is, you just got to record how much you're getting each week. Um, I have an Instagram, so I record it every Monday. I record what side hustle income I've had for the week. Secretly, it's also a tax thing. So I don't have to figure it out at the end of the year. It's all recorded for me. Um, yeah, and then from there, 30%. Okay, if someone was listening to this and feeling inspired to give it a go themselves, um, earn some extra cash for whatever reason, what would be your main points to them? You know, where can they get started researching ideas and what would be your biggest warning? So start point and what not to do. <laughs> Um, so the start point is write down your strengths. So figure out what your strengths are before you started. Um, that was something I think if I would do it again, uh, my initial Google search, I would look at, so obviously running a business for six years, I had a lot of financial, um, knowledge or bookkeeping knowledge. So I think I would have started with some sort of BA work. It wasn't until about 18 months into my journey that I even looked at becoming a virtual assistant. So write down your strengths and then start looking for gaps in the market based on what you can offer consumers. And what would people pay you to do that you're really good at? So that, yeah, that, that's my biggest piece of advice. Um, if, if you're not the kind of person that wants to go out driving, delivering food every Friday night, then don't be an Uber Eats driver. Don't think you have to do it just because other people are doing it. Find out what works for you. Now, my biggest warning as well is people will often question what you're up to. Just ignore them. <laughs> or just say that's okay. Um, a really good friend of mine once said, that's not my tribe. So if people are going to question your side hustle and your motives behind it, then that's, that's not your tribe. That is two really good pieces of advice there because, I mean, we are the only ones who know the truth of our own financial situations, right? Someone who could be telling you you don't need to be earning from a side hustle could be deeply in debt and just ignoring it. You just truly never know what's happening in someone else's life. All you know is what you need to happen to make sure that your life is healthy and happy. And if this is what you want to do, 
go and do it. Just do a really good job at it. And I also really like what you said about um, building on the skills you have, because of course, things like Uber Eats, I mean, it sounds like you're making a great amount of money from it, but um, you can often make more money if you have some sort of skill that you can trade off if you have a skill that you've developed in your normal working life or through a hobby or whatever, and there's a way to monetize that as a side hustle, really great place to start. And potentially you could earn more from that depending what the market is like. Absolutely. Like right now, especially during lockdown, anybody with IT experience could definitely start their own side hustle. The amount of people I know, even myself, I'm like, I just wish I had somebody to call that could help me sort out my emails or why this isn't working remotely or how am I meant to do that? I mean, and that's the market we're in. So if you, if that's your day job and you, you can easily, I mean, I can't do anything IT related as a job. So if you can easily do that, then that's your strength. Go for gold. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All of those great tips. Now, if people want to find you and learn more about all of your wonderful tips or just your journey, where can they go? Uh, Instagram, debtfreediva, NZ on Instagram. I also have a website and a blog. Um, so jump on there, sign up to the newsletter. Facebook, I'm on Facebook too. Yeah. All the usual. Yeah. Debtfreediva, NZ. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that. That's Tracy Hemingway, of course, from The Debt Free Diva. Now, if you want to keep talking money outside of the podcast, or if you have questions for me for a future episode, you can also find me online. I'm on Facebook, Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter, Francis Cook, Instagram, Francis Cook NZ. Just pick your favorite, send through those questions. Let's get them answered for you. You can also subscribe to Cooking the Books pretty much anywhere that you get podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as all of the rest. And if this episode helped you, then maybe send it on to a friend. We could all do with a little extra cash these days. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB. From the host of Cooking the Books podcast, Tales from a Financial Hot Mess by Francis Cook, The Realist Guide to Money and How to Have More of It. In the book, Frances goes through how she changed her financial mindset from wasteful spending and living payday to payday to managing savings and the journey into investing. Combining the knowledge from her experience and over 150 podcast episodes, Frances Cook's new book makes money work for you and shows you how saving is fun. Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, The Realist Guide to Money and How to Have More of It by Frances Cook. Find it in all good book retailers.